Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Sharon Vanderput. I have a question for you. Have you got a person in your life that no matter what, no matter how late you are, they're just not stressed and just really take the time with things? Let me make an, make an example. Our dad, Priscilla and I dad, he's an amazing man, okay? Amazing man of God. However, when we're running late or we're going somewhere, there's nothing you can say or do that will make him speed up, that will make him stress in a good way to, oh, let's hurry, let's get to church. He's like, oh, it's fine. Oh, we're not going to be late, even though he knows we're going to be late. No, it's fine. We're not going to be late. And he will literally take his time. He will not let anything stress him. He will not let anything rush him. And it's really annoying (laughs) because he's just always at peace. But not just with the being late, just in general with things in life. He's just, he's just always chilled. He's just this rock. He's like, it's going to be fine. It's all right. He's just, nothing will stress him out. Nothing will move him. Have you got someone like that in your life? Maybe you want someone like that in your life. (laughs) We can pray for that. Um, But we're going to be talking about peace this morning. Because, yes, the the being late and hurrying up, that's a different thing. But my my father is a man of, of peace. He just won't let anything disrupt that. But it's something that comes from God. It's a godly thing. It's not something you can explain. It's not natural. It's supernatural, right? And um, I, I, um, I know that we've, we spoke about this last week. We've been in a series on Ephesians, if you don't know. And we spoke about Ephesians 2 last week in our homes. And we chatted about that verse where it says, for God himself is our peace. Do you remember that? How cool is that? For God himself is our peace. Peace is not just a thing, it's a person. And we're going to look at uh, two stories today. And I really believe God wants to do something about peace. In the midst of everything that's going on in the world right now, and I'm going to address that in just a minute, I believe God is calling us to a place of peace. Let's look at Matthew chapter 8. And then we're going to look at Matthew chapter 14. There is two stories where there's the disciples on a boat and Jesus and a storm, right? One, he's sleeping in the boat and one, he's walking on water towards the boat, right? So we're going to look at both of those because it's really, really interesting that actually, you know, it's like the feeding of the 5,000, feeding of the 4,000. You're like, why is there two instances of that? It's because there's something important about it right? There's something that God wants us to catch. So in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, it says, Then he got, so this is Jesus, got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came upon the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. That would be my dad, (laughs) sleeping in the boat with a storm. (laughs) Literally, wouldn't it? Um, The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. 
we serve a God where even the winds and the waves obey Him, right? Natural winds and waves, but also the winds and waves of your life and in everyone else's life. Jesus can speak into your life and your situation and say, be still. Quiet, be still, it says in Mark. And um, I think this story is amazing. So there's a storm, right? Jesus is in the boat and they know who Jesus is. Well, in that moment, they probably forgot who he was. But supposedly they knew who he was. He was in that boat, yet they were still freaking out. Why? Because they haven't experienced him do that type of miracle before. They haven't seen that before. This was something new. This was a new situation. This was a new circumstance. Maybe you feel like in our life right now, things are happening that is a bit new. New circumstances, new things. It's like, they have not lived through this before. What is going to happen? We have got to remember who we've got in our boat. If you've given your life to Jesus, if Jesus is your Lord and Saviour, if God is in your life, it's all right. He is in your boat. What happened in this situation? The storm was outside the boat, but the disciples allowed the storm into the boat because they forgot who was in their boat. And I want to challenge us. And I'm, I'm, I said to David this morning, I'm preaching to myself here today as well, okay? So if I'm not preaching to anyone else, I'm probably just preaching to myself and that's okay. We have to choose to remember at these times, who is the one in our boat? Who is the one in our lives? Maybe we haven't seen him do certain miracles or certain things or signs and wonders in our lives that we want to see, yet we know the truth of who he is. And even if we haven't seen things, we know those things because it's actually a person who we're in relationship with and a person who's the Messiah, the Almighty God, where nothing is impossible for Him. And I just want to speak to your soul and your spirit right now. And I just want to say, remember who God is. Why do we take communion? It says, remember Remember, remember me. We need to take communion, not just because it's so powerful, but also because we need to remind ourselves who Jesus is and what he's done. The cross is so central, okay? Now, let's look at the next story, Matthew chapter 14. Same Jesus, same disciples, maybe even same boat a bit of a different story. If we, not Ephesians, sorry, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. He just fed 5,000 people, well, over 5,000 people. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Do you feel like the winds of life are against you sometimes or maybe at this moment? Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Jesus walking on water. Now that's new too, hey? <laughs> They've seen the winds and the waves quietened, but they haven't seen Jesus walk on water before. This was new. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. 
It's a ghost, they said, and cry out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. And I feel like there's a bit of a prophetic thing going on this morning with this message. And I just want to speak to you and I want you to receive this. That Jesus is speaking to you right now. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. It's like, remember who I am. (laughs) Remember who I am. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, this is Jesus's mercy. Immediately, he says, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. How cool is that? Now, a few things I want to say about the story. Why was this different? The disciples had Jesus in the boat the first time and he spoke to the storm. They had already seen that. So in this instance, the miracle, he could have done the wind and the waves and spoken to it again. But the greater miracle was Peter walking on water here, right? Because instead of Jesus taking the storm away, he was like, I'm calling you out into the supernatural. I'm calling you out into a miracle, into faith. But it's interesting because actually Peter initiated this. He saw Jesus and he saw what was possible. And he said, Jesus, if this is you, call me, tell me to come. And I believe that we're in a season right now, especially with everything that's going on in the world and Israel and Gaza, where maybe, just maybe, Jesus is not going to take away the storm but he's going to call us to stand and walk in water within the storm. Because actually he's called us to bring peace into people's lives. Remember the angels, when they were proclaiming about Jesus and the Messiah coming, they said, peace on earth. In Isaiah 9, we can put that scripture up. It's incredible. In Isaiah 9, it says this. Oh, I love this. It says, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Of the greatness of his government and peace, of his greatness, of his peace, there will be no end. It's ever increasing. I think that's so incredible. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Peace is not something weak or small. It's actually very powerful. It's a force. It's not just a feeling. It's actually a position of standing. It's what Jesus came to bring. 
mission and transformational power. And this is for someone else here as well. You know, the peace of God is so closely linked to joy in the Bible. So closely linked to joy in the Bible. We're starting with peace though. But also peace is a fruit of the Spirit, right? Something that God works out, the Holy Spirit works out and develops in us. And so often we have almost, not that that's not right, but we've almost diminished peace to something we either have or we don't have or a feeling. Yeah, I just, I feel at peace about this. And that can be right. But actually peace is such a strong and powerful force and I've, until like just recently, I've, I've just been amazed. I haven't realized how much of the Bible and of what Jesus is saying was about peace. Why was it about peace? Because as we said, peace was about a person, right? It was about a person and it's linked to the cross. And I'm going to get there in a minute. Sorry, I'm going to just backtrack a minute. I believe that God is saying at the moment, I'm calling you to stand in the storm and I'm calling you into the supernatural. Would you trust me? Would you believe who I am and that I'm calling you into something that is impossible or seems impossible and supernatural? I'm calling you into that right now. You have seen me do those things before. You've seen me quiet the wind and the waves. It's time for something new. Because I want to show you not just who's in your boat, but who's in you. Because the Prince of Peace lives in you. He lives in you. It's in the supernatural that we will see miracles as we put our faith and our trust in Him. As we fix our gaze on him. As Peter was looking at him and fixed his gaze on him, he was walking on water. When he started looking at the circumstances and the situations, that got into his heart. And it's not that we ignore the storm, because he was, trust me, he was very much aware the storm was there. It's not that we ignore the storm, but we realize that as we watch Jesus and look onto him, He's got us. And even when we look at the circumstances and we start sinking, when we call out to him, Jesus is so faithful. It says immediately he reached out and pulled him up. And he even brought him back into the boat. He didn't say, all right, I picked you up now. Carry on walking to the boat by yourself. He got into the boat with him. As we heard a few weeks ago from Dave Hazeldean, God has a merciful disposition. He is merciful. He is so loving. He's so kind. He's merciful. But I believe God is challenging us in a good way at this time. Will you believe what I can do and what I want to do? So we're called to peace. Let's look at this verse, uh, Colossians 3. I love this verse. Well, these verses, to be fair. Um. Colossians 3, let's start with verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, 
That's you guys. Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. See, it's not a small thing, a slight thing or a feeling. It's something that can dominate. It's something that can rule, right? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. You have a calling to peace. That's what Jesus has called you into. And this is where we're going to look at the cross in a minute. In the Amplified Version, it says this, verse 15, Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with him, be the controlling factor in your heart, deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace, indeed, you were called as members in one body of believers. You were called to this type of peace, a peace that dominates, that rules in your heart, with which you make decisions and answer questions. Because that peace is Christ. The inner calm of one who walks daily with him. How cool is that? One more verse, verse and then we get to the uh, cross, okay? And I've been saying that a lot, but that's going to be our main focus. This verse I'm about to read, um, Romans 16, 19 to 20. Uh, David actually prayed this out at a prayer meeting a few weeks ago, and I've not been able to get it out of my head. And it's so powerful. It says, for the report of your obedience has reached everyone so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. How cool is that? It does not say the God of power, the mighty warrior will crush Satan under your feet. The God of peace, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Why? Okay, let's get to this. Thank you, Jesus. Everything we will else that we will put our trust in will crumble and fall away one day, except Jesus. We have to build our house and our lives on Jesus, the rock. Guys, if we build our life on even prophetic words, may I say that? Even if we build our lives on hope, on certain things people have said, if we've built our lives even on, may I dare say, medication, not that any of that is bad. Prophecy is great, important. Medication is great and important. Love of people, encouragement of people is important. But if we build our lives on that, it will let us down. Because only Jesus can uphold us. It's only Jesus that will reign and last forever and ever and everything else will fall away. We also want hell and heaven to know that when we are challenged by the enemy, our response and resolve will be to draw closer to God, to worship Jesus and to put our faith into him. Because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to steal your peace. Now that's not just the thing that you feel, but it's something much greater. Jesus came to bring peace. 
came to bring peace. He brought us peace through the cross. It is only through the cross that we can have peace with God and peace with one another. That, that's why I'm saying that peace is not just a sense or a feeling, but it's actually so incredibly powerful because it is the very thing that Jesus brought through the cross. Peace with God and with people. The only answer to everything else that's going on in the Middle East right now is the cross. It's the only answer. It's the only answer because it is only through the cross, through what Jesus has done, where he died and rose again, that we can have peace with him and with one another. And this is what we need to be praying at this time for revelation of what Jesus has done on the cross. That Jesus is not just a prophet, but he is the son of God and he died and he rose again. That Jesus is the son of God, that he is the Messiah. Muslim, Arab, Jew, whatever. That is the revelation that people need. Only the cross and only the gospel can bring peace. It's in God that we became we become one. Remember, we spoke about this last week, that through Jesus, he and being the chief cornerstone, we've become one new man, one new humanity. We've been joined together. And that is only possible through Jesus. The power of the cross is not a small thing. And maybe we've had it so much in our lives that it's become something a bit more insignificant. But actually, as Jesus, as not Jesus, as Kevin preached a few weeks ago, what happened on the cross was the most powerful thing and the most powerful force that was ever unleashed on earth. It wasn't an earthquake. It wasn't a bomb. It was the moment that the Son of God overcame and defeated death itself and he rose again. He rose again. God's power, God's hand is more powerful than anything else going on right now in Israel or in Gaza for that matter. Trust me, Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah, it says, he's roaring at this moment. He is roaring right now. So what do we do? We put our trust in him. We call on him. We fix our eyes on him. It says, is it in Psalm 121? I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Amen. So what do we do? We pray for salvation for all. No matter what ethnicity, religion, gender, history, we pray for salvation for all. Because all need Jesus. And we all have fallen short. God's heart is for all people. And we as the body of believers can't distance ourselves from this. As we spoke about last week, we've become one. So especially with believers over there, they need us to not distance ourselves from this, but to pray. Because the prayer of a righteous person is availeth much. Amen. We need to pray with the people 
and stand for them. Okay, just a few more things I want to say, and then we're going to pray. It's time to cry out to God for mercy. He says that he remembers his covenant and he who promises is faithful. Now there is this verse that says, um, he will keep in perfect peace. He wants perfect peace. (laughs) I want perfect peace. He will keep in perfect peace those who what? Yes. And whose minds... Minds are steadfast on him. Oh, guys, I believe, I just really felt as we were praying this morning that God wants to lift heads this morning. He wants to lift heads and eyes to be, to fix on him, to look at him, say, remember who I am. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I am the Messiah. I want to lift your head this morning and look to me. This is Jesus talking, sorry. Look to me. I am the one your help comes from. Um. In Hebrew, the word for peace is shalom. And it's actually a greeting. They say shalom. In other languages, there is quite a few languages actually, where the greeting also involves peace. And it is so amazing actually, because this word shalom doesn't just mean a peace, quiet, tranquility, or feeling at rest with yourself. That's only part of it. Shalom experienced is a multifaceted, complete well-being, physical, psychological, social, and spiritual. And it flows from all of one's relationships being put right with God and with others. And also with yourself. Yeah? Sometimes we can be at war with ourselves. I want to encourage us this morning Just close your eyes for a minute. We're just going to go straight into responding. Um, Josh, would you mind putting a pad on? We're going to pray for Israel, but we're also going to pray for one another. But let's start with ourselves, shall we? God's calling you to peace with Him, first of all. And then out of that, you can have peace with others. You can forgive others. You can be forgiven. But also you can forgive yourself. And right now, I just want you to remember who God is. If you don't know who God is, I want you to ask the person next to you. (laughs) Who is God to you? (laughs) Remember who He is, what He's done. Just gonna lead us through this moment. Jesus, we just thank You that You are our peace. You are the Prince of Peace that through You, we can have peace with God. Through You, through what You did on the cross, the gap is bridged. Through you, we can come to the Father. We can have full access, as David loves to say. We can have full access to God. 
as his sons and daughters. Maybe you need to renew your peace with God. Maybe your peace has been lost. Peace is something precious, but it's something we've got to fight to keep and live in. Because that's exactly what the enemy wants to steal. He wants to steal your peace with God, steal your peace with others around you and have storms within your heart. Jesus, I thank you for what you've done, that through your blood, through dying on the cross and being risen again, Jesus, you've brought us close to God. And Lord, we put our faith into what you've done. We put our faith into who you are. And Jesus, we choose to fix our eyes and our gaze on you. Maybe you need to ask the Lord for forgiveness for some things. Maybe you've let the storm within your heart or within your boat. Maybe you've let sin within yourself. Maybe you've forgotten who He is, who's in your boat. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for who you are. Jesus, I thank you that because we've been forgiven by you, we need to forgive others as well. Maybe within your heart right now, you need to forgive some people. Or maybe God's speaking to you about asking others for forgiveness. There's no shame, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no shame if you need to be dealing with things in your heart. To be fair, we all need to be dealing with things within our heart because we've all fallen short of the glory of God and we all need forgiveness and we all need to be forgiven and we need to forgive. Jesus, we just want to release those in our lives right now who've maybe hurt us, who've harmed us, who've maybe gossiped against us. Jesus, we recognize that what they've done is not okay. And we're not saying that it's okay by forgiving, but we realize that we need to leave it up we need to give it to you. And we release them, Lord, and give it to you. We thank you, Jesus, that we can live at peace with you and with one another and with ourselves. And maybe within yourself, maybe you've been really disappointed or upset with yourself about some things. Maybe you've been at war with yourself. Maybe you've even been harming yourself in different ways. And I'm just... Speaking right now over you, peace be still. Peace over your life. You have been called to peace. Peace be still. Thank you, Jesus. Peace be still. Would you just stand with me for a moment now? We're going to pray for Israel, for Gaza. We're going to pray for the Middle East in general, because it's not just Israel and Gaza that are involved. 
You know, there's Lebanon, there is Iran, there's all sorts of different things going on. So we're just going to pray. And I want to encourage you to pray your prayers, okay? I'm going to pray out loud, but I want you to be also praying, okay? Lord, we recognise that You are the only answer. You are the only answer in this situation. And Lord, we just pray for dreams and visions for people that they would know and recognize that you alone are God, that you are Yeshua, that you are the Messiah, that you are the Son of the living God. Jesus, we pray for the believers. We pray for strengthening within them. Lord God, we lift up our brothers and sisters to you right now. And Lord, we pray, have mercy. Would you have mercy, Lord God? Would you have mercy upon people there, Lord God? Father, no matter what age or religion or ethnicity or background, no matter what gender, Lord, would you speak to them? Would you reveal yourself to them, Jesus? Would you show them who you are, Jesus? Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, we recognize that you alone can save. You alone can heal. You alone can restore. You alone can redeem. And Lord, we just pray for redemption within this situation. Lord, we pray that many would come to know you through the storm. That people would remember who you are. And people would see you walking on water towards them, ready to save them, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to encourage you to keep praying for them in your in your own time. But I just believe God is saying right now to not necessarily to storm around you, but within you and within others in your lives, He wants to speak peace. He wants to bring peace within their hearts. But I believe that God wants to use you to get Jesus into people's boats. <laughs> for, for you to preach that peace. It says, beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And it also talks about the message of peace in there. The gospel is a message of peace. I just speak over you all, shalom, well-being, wholeness over you. Wholeness and well-being over you. Every part of your being, physical, psychological, emotional, spiritual, Social, I speak well-being, shalom over you. Thank you, Jesus. We praise your holy name. God wants you to carry that peace, that not that feeling necessarily, but that position of standing wherever you go. Where God wants to send some of you into situations where you stand there and God does speak to you to speak to the storm and say, be still. I'm 
maybe some of you, you need to take authority over a storm that has gotten or leaked into your boat, into your lives. And you need to stand and say, get out, get out. I will not let this storm inside of me because the Prince of Peace rules within my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.